On the line with me today is Joshua Austin, a Homeland missionary who serves West Point cadets. It's good to have you, Joshua. Yeah, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Do we call you Pastor Joshua, or what is your official title? Sure, that pastor is as good as any. I kind of work as a in a world with military, kind of in the world, but not completely of it. So as a kind of a civilian chaplain, volunteering through the chaplain's office at West Point, and then working for the North American Mission Board as a campus minister. So kind of wearing some different hats. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get started doing what you're doing? My spiritual journey kind of coming full circle. My, my dad became a believer while a cadet at West Point in the early 70s. He graduated, commissioned, moved to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, met the chaplain's daughter, married her, was fruitful, multiplied, had six kids. I'm number five. And so it's kind of a joy to be able to come back and invest in cadets at West Point, where my, my father uh, became a believer and his life was transformed by the gospel. And so before this, I was serving as a campus minister in Charleston, South Carolina for five years, or just under five years, uh, working at the Citadel and the College of Charleston. Before that, in New York City for a few years. And then uh, before that, I was overseas. I worked with the International Mission Board for a season. So you've had quite a lot of experience. Yeah, the Lord uh, hasn't, hasn't left us in one place long, but it's been just such a joy following as, as he leads and, and couldn't do it without just the love and support of my wife. And I had to go all the way to China to meet her. Uh, but so thankful for the Lord bringing us together on the other side of the world and being a partner in missions together. That's great. Is West Point a Christian organization? So West Point is not. West Point is the United States Military Academy, started back in 1802. And so it's one of the three big service academies. So all the cadets that attend West Point, quite a rigorous process to get into West Point. And of the people that cadets that, that get an opportunity to get a congressional nomination, uh, it's very few of them even that are selected to, to attend uh, but if you do, if you do accept uh, enter West Point uh, after your four years, you're committed to serving the United States Army as a as an officer for at least five years active duty, and then three years reserve. So much like the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy, they also have that opportunity to serve their country. Once you become a cadet at West Point, there's a lot of pressure. Can you talk to us a little bit about that pressure? Yeah, there, there definitely is. It's not like a normal college student. They are all required to do sports, and they have boxing and survival swim and if they don't do a varsity athletic they're doing company athletics and just the rigors academically are incredibly intense and then on the other side of that you have the looming you know reality that uh, we just finished one war that lasted almost 20 years as long as these uh, young students have been alive and now we have another conflict brewing kind of an impending opportunity that these students know that uh, when they graduate they are jumping right into the United States Army and, and that vow to protect our country and to serve. And, and so there is a lot of weight to it. There's a lot of pressure, and a lot of these students are, are, are coming with the weight and the hopes of not only their families, but their whole town celebrating them, getting, a, getting an opportunity to attend here. And so um, it's, it's definitely a place of they're no foreigner to, to pressure and stress and, and intensity. Recently, two female cadets wanted to be publicly baptized to thank God and to share their faith in Christ with others. Where did they want to be baptized? Yeah, so it was so exciting to celebrate with these young ladies as, as they put their faith in Christ. In Christ. And uh, we gave them some options. Last year, we, we got to baptize eight cadets uh, on May, the first weekend of May. The lake there at West Point had, had defrosted and warmed up uh, plenty for us to be able to do it out there on a beautiful day. And so we're, we're planning to have some students baptized then as well. Uh, but these girls in particular said, no, I don't want to wait that long. I feel like the Lord's called me to be baptized as soon as possible. And so they said, okay, well, there's, there's a place across campus in the basement of the post chapel, and you can do an indoor baptistry there, but 
unfortunately, with some of the, the COVID potential things, we might have been limited a little bit on how many people could be there in that smaller space, not, not to mention it's on the other side of campus. So cadets that don't, majority don't have cars. And so uh, it might be difficult for them to be there. So those girls just courageously said, no, we want to be baptized. We want to be baptized outside right here beside campus. Um, so that many of our, our non-believing friends can be there uh, to hear about what God's done and, and see us take this public profession of faith in Christ. It's cold. <laughs> I didn't learn in seminary as you baptize someone to, to move to dodge a, a chunk of ice drifting as you bring them down. <laughs> the, the second the second student I had to, I got to shift her a little bit because there's literally, you know, little small icebergs floating down the Hudson uh, as we're doing this baptism. So it was it was certainly cold, quite intense. But uh, just such a powerful testimony that regardless of discomfort, uh, that they didn't didn't want to delay obedience. They want to be obedient uh, immediately, regardless of of, of what that looked like. It looked maybe a little crazy to some, but it was really powerful. And they mentioned as they went around campus um, in the weight room and in the the mess hall that people were talking to them, hey, congratulations, and hey, that's the person that got baptized in the Hudson. And it just the very clear opportunity it was to to communicate uh, in action the supreme value of following Christ uh, and what that meant to them. That is very, very powerful. And to see the pictures and you see you are literally surrounded by icebergs. It's not just a chunk of ice. How cold was the water? It's been pretty icy. The river turns there, so it's been pretty full of ice. The water itself couldn't have been more than uh, a degree or two above freezing, I imagine. It was, it was up there with the coldest water I've ever, I've ever gotten close to. What was it about these young women's faith that was so special to you? Yeah, I, I think what was so powerful, and you could just feel the presence of God in that time was as they stood in front of over 60 onlookers, they just boldly shared about their weakness in Christ's supremacy as they shared about difficult home lives, as they, they boldly, openly shared about struggles with uh, with mental health and, and all those things that are wrapped up into just that, uh, just the struggles of life. The hardships are a reality of things that we all face and absolutely believers were destined to experience hardship in the same way Christ did. And, uh, and they just really own that and showed, as First Peter talks about, just a living hope to know that their their inheritance is in Christ and it's being guarded and it's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And, and so it was just really special about just the boldness and the honesty and the authenticity that they displayed as they shared their stories of, of God transforming and working in their hearts. And that spoke just uh, so profoundly in front of the students that were there, uh, believers and non-believers alike that were invited to participate and celebrate with them. As you've come away from this baptism, Joshua, what has life been like for you? How has God even deepened your faith through this? Yeah, absolutely. It certainly reminded me of just what it looks like to uh, to not delay obedience. I think sometimes we can tell God, uh, we'll do that, but not yet. Or um, And that's really just a form of, of disobedience, to delay obedience. We think about Jonah and his reluctancy to follow God where he wanted to go, where, where Jonah did not want to go, where God wanted him to go. And yet he delayed and delayed and ran the other direction. And just the importance for me to, to be quick to respond to the Spirit. And it's also reminding me, of this, as this has become more uh, known, is, is, as we think about First Corinthians 3, where uh, the one that plants and the one that waters is ultimately nothing. I have no power to see a student trusting Christ. It's, as First Corinthians 3 says, it's, it's completely a work of, of God. He's the one that brings about the growth. And it's just so 
encouraging to see him be faithful in doing just that. How do you go about ministering to the students at West Point? Yeah, so the West Point uh, has an incredible team of chaplains that serve both the garrison, the, the families that live there and teach and, and, and serve the cadets, but also the cadets themselves have a great team of chaplains. And so I get to serve alongside them and uh, both to the families, but also primarily to the cadets. And so we gather on Tuesday nights, and we gather for a meal and for worship and for small groups and a time of teaching as we're teaching through the book of Ephesians. But I would say the most profound thing is our discipleship groups, having uh, given opportunity for cadets to meet uh, with myself, officers, my spouse, my wife, other spouses, as they meet weekly groups of, of twos and threes and fours, and just pursue Christ's um, obedience and, and living in accountability and openness and, and not just being hearers of the word, but being doers. And our, our mission with BCM is, our vision statement is learning and living grace and truth. And so learning and living is just our simple working definition of a disciple. Someone that learns the words of Jesus and then lives those out. And grace and truth is how Jesus described in John 1:14, being full of grace and full of truth. And that's easy to say, but it really is hard to do. And that's really what we strive uh, to teach these cadets as they prepare to, to lead soldiers into battle and, and to, uh, to serve our nation in the years to come. How can we pray specifically for these cadets? I appreciate you asking that. I, was, I would really love, if anything comes out of this, if we have just partners in prayer, it would be such a blessing if those that are hearing commit to, to, to praying for West Point cadets, Air Force Academy cadets, Naval Academy cadets, Coast Guard Academy, um, all these ROTC cadets across the country that are, uh, are studying and serving and training and preparing uh, to serve uh, in dangerous places and difficult places. And, uh, and praying that as they pursue this passion to serve, that ultimately every one of them will find that ultimately where they find the greatest joy and fulfillment in pursuing that passion is in Christ. That all of these things are good gifts, but they all point back to, uh, to God's character. And they'll, they'll find the greatest depth and fulfillment in serving and sacrifice and selfless service. All these things are models of, of what, who Christ is and what he did. And, uh, and that would be my prayer, is that we would see every cadet take a grasp of what it looks like to live as Christ did. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank you for making that clear. Yeah, praise the Lord. My guest today, again, Joshua Austin. He is a Homeland missionary who serves the West Point cadets. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, and, and God bless you and all that you guys do uh, through this ministry. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you.